The Kindness Podcast is made possible by Cornwell Properties in Athens, Ohio. Cornwell Properties offers Ohio University students the best locations to live in Athens. All of their apartments are either on Court Street or within one block. Cornwell Properties. Location matters. Visit their website, cornwellpropertiesathens.com, for more information. Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. Being kind doesn't cost a dime, but according to Daryl Lyons, there is a benefit to being kind with our finances. Daryl is an ambitious entrepreneur who helps people achieve the dream of financial freedom. He talks with me today about being kind with your wallet. So, Daryl, when we're financially responsible, I feel like it opens up funds for kindness. But which comes first, the heart for giving or the ability to give? <laughs> good, really good question. Um, I'm going to suggest to you, based on my own personal life story, it was the heart to give. Um, and I don't mind sharing that because my um, my journey to giving wasn't an easy one because uh, I started pretty much when I was broke. But, I mean, it really does start with the heart. Ooh, tell us that story, would you? Yeah, I don't mind. Um, so this was about 15 years ago, and I was just starting out trying to start a company. And, you know, it was a lot of pressure on a young dad. We had a newborn child. Um, I guess it was 14 years ago now that I think about it. But um, it was a very difficult time just being a young dad and, and starting a business. And I remember uh, paying my more. I know this sounds horrible, but I paid my mortgage with a cash advance. It was just completely broke. And uh, I just I, – I just, pulled into the parking lot one day of my uh, building and I forgot the keys to the building because we only had one car at the time. And I just, it was 4.30 in the morning. I was really working hard and I just made a commitment at that point. And, and I'm a, I'm a spiritual guy. So it was a conversation with God. And I know that sounds odd to a lot of people, but um, I just made a commitment at that point to, uh, to give. And when I was completely broke and um, I, uh, I never stopped. I, I did it when I was broke, when I didn't have two nickels to rub together. And today, um, I'm not broke by the grace of God and I'm running a company that I would consider, most people consider successful. And my giving as a percentage of my income has always been the same since that time I was broke. It's never changed. So those, that habit of giving continued and the opportunities to give, um, come in various ways. Sometimes my heart leads the way where I, uh, something bothers me and I and I need to give to an organization. But many times um, I just bump into people that have needs and it's amazing. There has literally been life transformation just my, by me being on the lookout uh, for how I can help somebody financially. There's been I literally um, families have literally changed because I've just had an awareness, an acute awareness of people uh, and, and their needs. And how has that changed you from that from that young dad to who you are now? Well, it always gives me a perspective. You know, when I when I give, um, and I know this to be true. Research has shown. I know the University of Notre Dame did an incredible study on this, and has shown that those that give um, show that they have uh, are less likely to have depression. And um, I believe that giving you can't really give substantially unless you give systematically. Um, on a consistent basis. And so being a giver, I'm always aware of those people that have needs. And and we find ourselves in America today where our point of reference is simply the uh, uh, our Facebook friends or our peers. 
and it puts so much pressure on us and anxiety and worry. But when I'm giving uh, to others that have needs, um, I'm putting my life in perspective and having conversations with my family about, you know, how good we have it in America and and what we you know what we have, and we oftentimes just live in a comparison world. And so this giving, this idea of giving, and a constant awareness of giving with my wallet. Uh, constantly gives me an awareness of the needs that are out there, not only just locally, but globally. We we support uh, some very important um, ministries in the country of Moldova. And I get to see and have conversations and meet people who uh, are just so thankful. And uh, I know that uh, that has participated in my perspective so that uh, as a result, my anxiety is less than uh, probably most, frankly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you mentioned, you know, being able to talk these things through with your family. Uh, what do you say to couples who have different comfort levels with their financial giving? Because I know sometimes, and a lot of times it'll, I, I, I mean, I hate to kick men to the curb, but it seems like men will, you know, they feel like the need to provide and save and, and um, or at least that's the stereotype of it. So I don't know if it would be the husband or the wife who has more comfort in giving financially, but either way, what do you say to those couples? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and you know, it's funny because in, when it comes to uh, investing, which is the world that I live in as a profession, uh, women are better investors. Oh. Women are better at, at accumulating money. Uh, they're better at decision-making when it comes to investing. Um, the research is clear. And um, a part a part of the equation of money is the giving part. Uh, much of the giving is 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 rooted somewhat in gender, but a lot of times in the way we were raised. And um, you you have to take inventory if you know if your family was raised you or to be a giver, then you're going to be inclined to give. And so when you have somebody from different perspectives that um, think of it differently, it's a real challenge. And sometimes it can get to the point of a contention where um, the husband may get upset. I'm using the husband in this example, but the husband could get upset because there's things that he wants to accomplish, whether it's fixing a sink or uh, going on a vacation, and he becomes resentful because he knows the spouse is giving money away. And um, some of it is um, legitimate. I mean, you know, there's not communication, but most of the time, the heart of the woman who's giving money away is in the right place. But the reality is, if if there isn't if there isn't a, a couple on the same page, then it's better. And frankly, it's better to uh, to get on the same page than force it, mm. um, because it creates more hostility, and uh, you really want to be unified in that giving. So I would really uh, encourage unification. If somebody has kids, though. Um, I think that they can, I think a, a spouse that may have a hard time getting their husband on board might want to, might want to talk about the benefits of giving and what that does to the children. And so, you know, you can use the children as leverage. If there's a, a wife that's struggling with getting a husband on board, use the children as leverage and say, um, dad, you know, I really want to show that we are giving family. And so let's do this as a family. And that might get him on board. I've seen that work as well. Mm-hmm. And I could even see, you know, backing away from the money aspect and saying, okay, you know, let's revisit this conversation in six months, but for the next six months, let's give our time or, you know, something in another another kindness venue. Yeah, so that's a good point. You know, I um, time, I, I think time, you know, giving time is really important, but there's 
there's absolutely something about money uh, that it's a stronghold for us that we have a hard time getting rid of. And, you know, there was another study that was done where, and, and I'm making this one pretty simple, but uh, they did it with $20 bills and $5 bills, but I'll use a $20 bill as an example. They gave a bunch of people $20 bills at the beginning of the day. And at the end of the day, they, um, uh, they had to report back and, and half the group was told to, to buy whatever you want. And the other half was told to give it away. Now the group that gave it away, um, took a survey and were clearly um, more happy, uh, without a doubt. Um, they were happier. You know, there's a there's a serotonin release. There's oxytocin when you hug somebody. So there's some neurological things that happen when we give our money. Now that mm. certainly happens with our time, but with our money. And so um, I I, I want to make sure uh, that we don't substitute time because a lot of times we'll substitute time and say you know that's what I'm giving. But I really do believe it needs to be both, and and I, and you have to figure out a way in your own family to make it worth. But but giving up that money really does something special um, neurologically, physically, uh, and spiritually. I am so glad that you corrected me on that because I would have left this interview thinking, no, you can give one or the other. But you're right. It makes sense to me that that if you're not willing to part with your money, then in some way it's owning you. Well, we, we, we make excuses that we're giving time and not money, but there's the money needs to be given. We have to, in fact, if you think about it for a second, the middle class we're the richest nation in the history of the world, and we've got a middle class that's that, that really has an incredible wealth. And if we were committed, we give on average about, I think it's one point, the number changes, 1.2%, 1.5%. But if we gave 5% or 10% um, in a very uh, specific way, I mean, we would end global poverty. Um, we would we would solve many, many, many of our world's problems. And most ministries, you know, I know we use this, this the, the justification, well, there, you know, there's corruption in the ministries and these 501c3s. And most, I've done a lot of research. Most of them are pretty good stewards. I mean, very rarely are you going to find somebody that's swindling you. I mean, those make the headlines. But, but for the most part, most ministries and 501c3s, they're really good stewards and held accountable for money. We just need as middle America to step up in this space to solve some of our problems. We'll get back to our conversation with Daryl in a moment, but first, today's Kindness Call, sponsored by Cornwell Properties, where location matters. Hi, this is Sarah calling from Evansville, Wisconsin. I'm calling to share my kindness story. Um, So a couple days ago, we had a delivery from Chewy.com, which is where we order our pet food, um, and specifically dog food, 50-pound bags of dog food for our dog, Jordy. Um, and on that day, I noticed that the dog food had been delivered right to the front door, um, which I thought was really nice instead of being left in the driveway um, for us to carry in. The delivery driver had brought it all the way to the door. So I decided to call FedEx and see if they could pass on a message to our driver to say, hey, you know, thanks for bringing it that, that extra length of way so we didn't have to bring it in. Um, and they told me that they would get her the message. So today when I was on my way for school pickup, a FedEx truck is driving by and she starts waving at me to stop in the driveway and I thought she was pulling in, but really she um, wanted me to stop so she could get out and she comes running to the car door. Um, So I rolled down my window and she says, hey, were you the one that left the message? And I said, hey, were you the one that carried those 50 pound bags of dog food all the way to our front step? I said, thank you. I can't imagine how much you guys love Chewy.com with all the pet food orders and the heavy 
bulk packages. Um, and we sure appreciate that you went that extra step to carry that food. And she said, you have no idea how much your message meant to me that day. Um, when my boss told me that a comment had come in, I didn't believe him, and he actually had to send me the screenshot. Um, she just said, thank you for leaving that message. So I learned that her name is Bambi. She's our FedEx driver, um, and she wears a rainbow-colored stocking beanie. Um, so now we're friends, and I just happen to have a new copy of Kindness is Courageous, Nicole's book, in the car. And even though I was planning on giving that to another friend at school pickup, I grabbed the book and I gave it to Bambi and I said, here, I think you would like this book. Um, so I just wanted to share that kind of story. It was fresh on my mind and um, it really meant a lot to us that our FedEx driver goes above and beyond. But it sounded like when we provided that feedback, it meant a lot to her. Thanks for doing the podcast. Bye-bye. Did you know you can be on the Kindness Podcast? Call the Kindness Hotline with your story. You can leave us a voicemail at the number in the description of this podcast. Now, back to the show. So, obviously, we can't change everybody else and make everybody give their 5% or 10%. Yeah. So, how do we, though, because every drop in the bucket, I believe, really helps. So, how do we begin to do that ourselves? What What would be an appropriate way to start that sort of giving that that is really impactful? Yeah, good point. I um, I think you you know certainly starting with ten percent is is my is my recommendation. But some people have to ease into that, so there might be a number, and it ha- it really should be a consistent thing. Um, I think there's power in that consistency, um, and and really the best place to start is your neighborhood. And there's needs all around our neighborhood. And if we can start there, I think you'll find that um, uh, that you'll find enough people uh, that need you and you'll get the encouragement. I mean, this is baby step kind of stuff. You know, I'm sending money to Moldova, but I don't talk to them every week. But if I'm if I'm helping a widow down the road, um, then I can see the fruit of that. So it really starts with your neighborhood. That's why, you know, that's why churches are so important because churches are a, a community of, of ways to give. But if you don't have a church, then, you know, starting in your neighborhood and um, and then and then, of course, you know, there's what's cool now is even the local YMCA's, there's YMCA's all across the country. I mean, you may not know, but those are those are nonprofit organizations, too. So there's a ton of nonprofit organizations. Usually it starts. I'll tell you where it usually starts at. I, I answered the question, the best place to start. The best place to start is in your neighborhood because you can see the fruits of your labor and your giving. But the but usually starts with somebody taking the inventory of their own life story. Um, so everyone has a life story. And in the climax of your story, the place with the most pain and frustration, um, that's where your heart's going to be at. Your story is not wasted. And so if you use your life story and identify that climax and people that came alongside of you or didn't come alongside of you in that difficult time, that's where your money should go because that's where you will uh, enjoy the fruits of that labor more than anything. Yeah, I could see that. Like if you were a kid who got sent to summer camp once and you just really cherish that, that maybe you want to fund a summer camp through the YMCA for someone else or, you know, had a pet that you just adored. Maybe your heart is more for the Humane Society or something. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious because I feel like you have a heart for um, the people who just come across your path. But do you feel from a tax benefit side um, that there's a, a percentage people should be giving and getting receipts for versus just giving away? 
Yeah, you know, t the tax thing has really um, become less of an issue with this new tax bill that was passed. Most people are going to pay a standard, are going to get a standard deduction. And a standard deduction um, is it's really good. This new tax cut is going to help a lot of middle America, but it makes the giving less um, uh, less of a deduction, frankly. Mm -hmm. uh, and most people aren't going to even be able to deduct their giving. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll tell you that candidly. Most people will not because you have to exceed your giving has to exceed a standard deduction, and that's a lot of money. So uh, what studies have shown is that with ta with different tax laws, some that benefit. Uh, some that benefit the consumer more than others over different years, that really hasn't impacted uh, giving. Tax changes does not impact giving. So give from your heart. You may get a deduction along the way. You may not. I wouldn't sweat that stuff. Awesome. Awesome. That's great information. Okay. Your book is called 18 to 80, A Simple and Practical Guide to Money and Retirement for All Ages. I'm going to hit on the all ages or maybe the younger half of it. In our house, uh, when my kids get money, it... Um, there's, you know, a dollar for save, a, a dollar for a give, a dollar, for, a, a dollar for give, a dollar for save. And then I think they have three dollars for spend or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's good stuff. As, yeah. That's how we work that out. But how do you teach a young person to begin to be financially kind? Is there a better way than the way that I've just kind of been doing it? Well, no, I think it's a good way. And in age, it's very age appropriate because it, my four year old gets that. Uh, we have little save, give, spend blocks. But my son is a little different. We've actually got him something called a little debit card. He's 13. And so um, teaching him differently. So it just depends on where they're at and their understanding. So just take your time. There's not one size fits all. I've I've nerded out on this stuff and I can tell you it's it's very specific to the individual. But stay focused. Here's the key that I found as a parent. It's so, so important that you have conversations all the time about money, whether it's whether you're eating out or at the grocery store. It has to take place because um, many generations before us have failed to have that dialogue, and that's why we're fumbling through money so much. So regardless of how you do it, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to have conversations about mistakes, decisions, and help them learn along the way. I took my kids to a water park uh, last summer, and <laughs> on the way home, I said, do you realize that if you were working a job that paid minimum wage, um, it, you would have to work for 10 hours to enjoy the day that we just had today at the water park? And their eyes, I mean, they're 12 and 14, their eyes were like saucers. I mean, just... 10 hours, mom? Um, yes, you would have to work a really long time. So I, I don't like to scare them. And yet I want them to appreciate the fact that there's a reason why we do things once in a while instead of like, oh, let's just do it all the time because we feel like it. That's a great point. So those those types of conversations are important. And um, I appreciate you uh, bringing up uh, my book, because they're early in the book, I, I do, you know, it's 18 to 80, everything you need to be doing with your money from age 18 to age 80. And in the very first chapters, I think it's 19 or 20, I talk about giving right at the beginning, because I think if you set up the habits of giving while you're broke, and you never deviate from that, I think that's going to be healthy your entire life. So um, starting your giving young is much easier than trying to do it when you're older and um, have more zeros involved. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, any other quick tips you wish people knew before I have you share your favorite kindness story? Yeah. Um, so the main thing is just develop that habit of giving. Make it a lot of fun. Um, it's it's really life-changing. I, I, I can't encourage it enough. It's something that I've done for years and years and years and without any regret. Okay, and tell us about a favorite kindness story that just has stuck with you. 
one of my favorite things to do is um, in in every year during Thanksgiving and Christmas time, I take my entire family. It's a family of six, and we um, we you know it's a three, four, five hundred dollar event, and we just swipe our debit card at the one of the poorest grocery stores in our city, where the highest teenage po- uh, poverty or teenage pregnancy rate in the country exists in this community. And so around Christmas time, we just swipe our debit cards and buy people groceries left after right, left after right, left after right. And tears from the cashiers and tears from the um, people who are recipients of it. I mean, it is transformational. Um, people are people are have hope in the midst of despair during a difficult season for many people. And it's just a lot of fun for us. I mean, I get just as much out of it as others that get the groceries. Wow. Okay. So so we got to dive into this just a tiny bit more before I let you go, because I need to know if someone wants to duplicate this, if I want to do this, how do you do that? You just go to the grocery store and stand at the checkout? Yeah, I follow people. I actually look at their carts and just to, to kind of get inventory of what I'm buying for them. Obviously, I want to be careful there. Um, a lot of these people don't speak English um, in this community. I, I know a little Spanish, so I can communicate some. And then I just said, um, uh, I, excuse me, ma'am, I would um, I would like to buy your groceries. It would bless me as much as it bless you. And I pretty much don't take no for an answer. I, I kind of <laughs> ease in there and I swipe my debit card and I said, I just, I just, I feel called to do this. And, um, you know, there's a lot of hesitation, but there's a lot of hugs and tears. Oh my gosh. And it doesn't stop. And, and, uh, it, and then, you know, that's it. And that's the extent of it. But, uh, and then I go back and, and I do it once and then I go back and I find my next victim and I keep doing it over and over again. <laughs> and, you know, isn't it interesting that once the person realizes that you're, well, you might be crazy, you might not, but once they realize that you don't want anything in return and you really are going to pay for their groceries and let them take them home, uh, you know, like they, they, there's like this release in them, isn't there? Oh my goodness. Yeah. That of course people are just concerned about what's the angle. And I, and I try to tell them as sincere as possible. Look, I, I just, I feel called to do this. This is just what I want to do for you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I tell them, look, Hey, it's, if you told me no, it would hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> there you um, go. I really want to help. And so most people are pretty good about it. I've, I think I might have out of, a, I don't know, 50 people I've done it for, maybe 100 people. I don't know how many now, but um, maybe one or two that were just really adamant. And I, and I actually hurt for those people. I thought, man, there must be something really going on in their lives for them to say no to this. But that happens. Yep. We have to allow people to love us, don't we? That's another big kindness. That's, mm-hmm. that's a great point. Thank you so much, Daryl, for talking with us. And um, I just really appreciate the perspective you've given me today. And I know that you've given our lo- our listeners today on um, just being financially sound and financially kind at the same time. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I enjoyed it. Thank you. That was a conversation with Daryl Lyons. You can connect with Daryl on his website, paxfinancialgroup.com. His book is called 18 to 80, A Simple and Practical Guide to Money and Management for All Ages. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich and intern Chloe Meston. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, we'd love it if you'd spread some kindness in the review section. Thank you.